Welcome to Bankless, where we explore the frontier of internet money and internet finance. And sometimes that frontier is at a conference, like last weekend, where over a thousand developers, founders, builders, and investors attended the Starkware sessions in Tel Aviv in order to participate in growing the StarkNet ecosystem. This is Bankless's Starkware session series, which are nine bite-sized episodes interviewing the founders, builders, and ecosystem developers of StarkNet. Every once in a while in the crypto world, a conference happens, but not everyone is available to attend. Don't worry, Bankless has your back because I go to basically every conference that's out on the frontier and I bring an entire podcast studio in tow with me in order to make sure that the Bankless Nation stays on the frontier of what's happening in crypto. In this episode from Bankless's Starkware session series, I'm interviewing Madi, the CEO and co-founder of Bravos, which is one of the two main smart contract wallets in the StarkNet ecosystem, the other one being Argent. Now, if you understand smart contract wallets, you'll know that eventually this paradigm of externally owned accounts, which is probably the wallet that you use if you use Ledger or a MetaMask, is not long for this world. Whereas 99% of wallets these days are probably externally owned accounts, eventually, once we crack the smart contract wallet nut, 99.9% .9 of all wallets out there will be smart contract wallets. The potential that these wallets have will break your brain in terms of what they can do for the world. And so I'll let your imagination run with this interview from Mani. But first, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make these episodes possible. Kraken has been around for almost as long as crypto itself. As crazy as crypto is, Kraken has remained a rock for its clients, building out a platform designed to stand the test of time. Kraken is all about proof, not promises which is why they've pioneered a proof of reserves, a system that lets Kraken's customers verify for themselves the solvency and responsibility of the Kraken exchange. And for this reason and many more, we've chosen Kraken as Bankless's strategic sponsor for 2023. And once you're done using Kraken to get your dirty fiat money into pristine crypto assets, perhaps you should check out Arbitrum, where so much of the frontier of crypto innovation is taking place. Arbitrum just announced their Stylus initiative, which is their brand new programming environment that lets developers deploy apps using their favorite programming languages like Rust, C, C++, alongside regular old Solidity EVM apps. Devs can use any coding language they like and it simultaneously drops layer two fees by an order of magnitude. It's a big deal. So many of your favorite DeFi apps have already deployed to Arbitrum, like Uniswap. But did you know that Uniswap isn't just for ERC-20 tokens anymore? Uniswap is also an NFT aggregator too, to make sure that you are getting the best price on your NFT purchases. Uniswap gives NFT collectors and traders powerful tools, all from the cozy, comfy Uniswap interface. By the way, it's also got a native fiat on-ramp. It's also deployed on like every layer two. And it's got this nifty cool thing called a universal router that ensures that you always get the best price on your trades. Crypto protocols like Arbitrum and Uniswap are becoming super powerful. So make sure that you're also using a wallet that's equally as powerful or else you'll be missing out. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet experience, check out Phantom, the number one wallet of Solana, which has recently come to both Ethereum and Polygon. Phantom has native NFT support, giving you your own NFT gallery from inside the wallet. Phantom is both a browser extension and a mobile wallet and is also the only wallet to span both the Solana and Ethereum ecosystems. Check it out at phantom.app. And now let's get into the interview. All right, Bankless Nation, we are here at the Starkware Sessions once again, and I'm talking to Madi of Bravos. What's Bravos? Bravos is uh, the richest and most powerful city in all seven kingdom. <laughs> well, what are you working on? Uh, so, uh, in Bravos, we are working on a smart contract-based wallet on top of StarkNet, taking full uh, utilization uh, on account abstraction, and uh, really want to drive uh, UX forward to bring the next cohort of uh, users into crypto. Okay, so smart contract wallet, account abstraction. For people that don't really know these terms, uh, where should we start? 
So uh, you can think about account abstraction and small contract-based wallets as, uh, as synonyms. It's not technically accurate, but I think that uh, in a high level it's accurate. And uh, think about account abstraction as something that divides your, uh, your wallet, your account, into two, two parts. You have the application parts, like in all normal wallets that, uh, that you know, and you have the account contract on-chain that can run uh, arbitrary logic on your transaction. Now, every transaction that is signed on your application is go going through uh, the account smart contract, uh, and that's, that is very powerful because we can add uh, custom signature verification logic, and we can add custom execution logic, and we can really uh, enable uh, functionality that, uh, uh, that you couldn't do before on, uh, on blockchains. The metaphor that I've used to explain this to people is that the, the wallet that they're typically used for if they're signing with a MetaMask or a Ledger is called an externally owned account, which is another just like not helpful term to describe what's going on here, yeah. but that's what it is. Uh, and uh, this is like an externally owned account is like Bitcoin, whereas a smart contract wallet is like Ethereum, uh, but these are for wallets. And so your externally owned account is kind of like a dumb input output wallet. And then your smart contract wallet is like a programmable bank account, it's a programmable wallet. And like, why is that hard to explain? Well, because the limitations are endless. And so like, where do you even start? Uh, and, but um, the other way that I would describe this is like a smart, a smart contract wallet or account abstraction is like a virtual wallet, as in we have different ways of accessing this virtual wallet, but the wallet itself exists inside of Ethereum rather than an externally owned account comes from a private key that is external. Uh, to, to the actual uh, blockchain. Because like, a private key actually does not exist on the blockchain, only the uh, public address does. Uh, do all these metaphors line up? What would you add to this? Yes, definitely, definitely. And uh, uh, maybe an interesting fact that uh, on StarkNet, your uh, public key is actually not your address. Mm. So uh, since uh, you can only access the StarkNet blockchain through account abstraction to smart contract uh, accounts, then you have the account smart contract address, which is your account address. And the public key is just a storage inside of that. So the public key, unlike Ethereum, is not uh, your address. And uh, that uh, gives you a lot of flexibility because you can use different public keys. You can add more signatures, more signers uh, uh, into your account. And that's actually what we do in, uh, in Bravos. Okay, so let's, I want to unpack that a little bit. You, I don't have, with a smart contract wallet, I don't have one public address, I have many? No. So you have one public address, okay. but you can have multiple signers. Multiple signers, okay. How does a signer come to be? So uh, if I would present what we call Bravo's account abstraction sure. security pyramid, uh -huh. uh, then uh, we can see a hierarchy of uh, security measures that the, the user, yeah. like in a buffet, can decide uh, to activate. So at the, at the very bottom, we have uh, the notorious seed phrase that we all know and right. uh, don't, don't love so much. And it, that, that is the externally owned aspect of this thing? That's uh, the seed phrase that uh, we derive the key pairs, the private okay. key and the public key. Right. And that's, that's a, the corresponding of an externally owned account that uh -huh. we know from, uh, from Ethereum. Okay. Uh, but, but again, the, the public key here is not your address. Right. Your account smart contract is right. your address. Right. Okay. Uh, and on top of that, the user can add uh, a more advanced signers that uh, will give uh, better UX and much, uh, uh, much better security. So one of the things that we've released uh, uh, about two, three months ago is something that we call the hardware signer. Mm. And the hardware signer uses the 
security chip that we have in our mobile devices in order to right. generate keys and sign transactions. Uh, and that's, uh, that's really cool because that makes hardware wallet redundant. You get the security of a hardware wallet uh, by the device that you already have. So for, for people who don't know, in modern phone, let's say all iPhones and most advanced uh, uh, latest Android phones, we have a dedicated security chip inside the phone, which is right. completely uh, isolated from the regular application processor. Right. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, it's very hard to break. Even if your phone get hacked, your phone get rooted, uh, hack, uh, an attacker won't have access to, uh, to the keys that resides in this uh, mm -hmm. uh, security chip. And we utilize that together with the power of account abstraction in order to generate keys and to sign your, uh, your transactions. Now, I think that the, the, the cool thing is, you can ask why, why no blockchain has done that before? Mm -hmm. Like it's, uh, you know, if it's so secure and, uh, and it's, it's very easy in terms right. of UX because you sign transactions like you uh, use Apple Pay or Google Pay. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so the, the reason that uh, no blockchain has done that before, at least no popular blockchain, and it can be done not on Ethereum, not on Bitcoin, not even on Starknet itself, is because the security scheme that we have in this mobile chip is not compatible with the uh, signature scheme that we have on blockchain. And this is just like the EDECSA signature scheme. It just doesn't work in the chip. It's just like incompatible. Exactly. It's okay. incompatible. But since we have a count abstraction and we have arbitrary verification logic, then we can code the, the signature verification logic that we want. And that's exactly what we did. We coded the verification logic that is corresponding with, uh, with uh, uh, the security chip that we have in our phones. And that gives you, gives you a, a very high level of, uh, of security. Actually, it gives you two-factor authentication. If you think about it, since the keys are generated within this secure enclave, within this secure chip, uh, they are unknown. The private key is unknown to anyone. It, uh, it is unknown to the, to the application. It is unknown to the operating system. It is unknown to the user. So the user doesn't have the private key. Uh, uh, so it's binded to the device. And uh, uh, the other thing is that... Uh, it's authentic you authenticate transactions only using your biometric so either your face id or your touch id and also your biometric authentication works directly with the security chip so again even if your device get hacked and an attacker get roots on your device they cannot steal your keys and they cannot sign transactions for you so i call it that's a great combination of um, um i say ux and security because for, from user point of view, it is seamless, it is frictionless, you sign transaction the same way that you use Apple Pay and Google Pay, uh, but under the hood, you get uh, uh, the strongest level of security. And you also just give users assurances because it's they're signing a transaction going through the same process that they're already familiar with on their phone. And so like I pay with Apple Pay all the time. I go through the New York subway, I use Apple Pay, I pay for my coffee with Apple Pay, and like making transaction signing also with that same like oh like there's a smiley face and it just gave me the checks the the thumbs up that feels good to me as a normal consumer it's just like this is a process that i'm familiar with exactly it's completely frictionless uh, if you try it when you try it you will see that it is exactly like you pay for uh, a ticket on the subway and this is the, the ux that of course we need uh to actually have uh you know adoption at, at grand scales and so I remember um, uh, long-time Bankless listeners might remember the Burner Wallet, where you just like log into like uh, xdi.org or something, and then boom, you have a wallet. Like that automatic process is is kind of that UX that we really need in order to be able to put private keys in people's hands. Yeah. But I want to ask you about like signers. So, 
we have this virtual wallet. It's got a, it's got a contract address, and that is our wallet. But there can be multiple signers who can access that wallet. Yes. Can we? Can you unpack that a little bit? How does that work? Yeah. So, uh, for example, we we've added the hardware signer, which is uh, an additional signer on top of the seed signer, on top of the key that is derived from the seed. And, and once we added the hardware signer, uh, the seed signer doesn't do anything. Meaning, even if an attacker uh, uh, stole your seed, phishing attack or malice software or whatever, they cannot issue a transaction uh, uh, on, on behalf of your account. The only thing that they can do is they can issue a transaction with a time delay to remove the hardware signer. And the reason that we support that is if your device gets stolen or if your device gets bricked, we still want you to be able to gain control back of your account. But uh, for, for an attacker, uh, uh, they will need to wait this time delay period. And in, in this time, you will understand that someone uh, stole your seed and you can uh, move your funds uh, to a secure place. So is the, the seed signer, is that like the, the master account as in the place where the smart contract wallet is incepted from? Yes, it's, yes. It's, I, I call it a soft... And that, that's why it's at the base of the pyramid, right? Yes, I call it a soft master. A soft master, right. Yes, a soft master, because once the hardware signer is enabled, the hardware signer is like the master. The hardware right. signer can... Uh, uh, because we consider it to be uh, fully secure, the hardware signer can run over anything that the seed phrase right. is, is trying to do. But that's not all. So uh, hardware signer is, is, as we said, extremely secure and a, mm -hmm. a great combination of UX and security. Mm -hmm. But let's say that you have uh, uh, a lot of money in your, uh, uh, in your account and you want to be extra secure and you normally you don't use this account on a daily basis, but this is like your hodling account. Mm -hmm. So we allow you to add a second signer, mm -hmm. which means that you will have the hardware signer as well as uh, an additional signer and you will need two signatures right. in order to execute a transaction on-chain. Mm -hmm. And we call it, the. this is on the top of the pyramid, this is the multi-hardware signer. Okay. So for example, you will sign a transaction on your browser extension, Bravos browser extension, right. and then it will automatically redirect you to uh, your Bravos mobile wallet and you sign there and only once both transactions are signed, then the uh, uh, transaction will uh, actually executed, uh, will be executed on-chain. And so this is an example of the expressivity of smart contract wallets or virtual wallets. And, uh, and so we have this seed phrase signer, which is where the smart contract wallet originates from. It is the private key that creates the whole thing in the first place. But then once that, and that's like the, what you call the soft master, but you can actually create a smart contract wallet using that soft master, but then that smart contract wallet can revoke permissions from the originating seed phrase, which is why we call it soft, as in like we've taken away the power of the thing that created it. And then you can add on a second signer and say, well, this new account has these, new, these permissions, and actually those new permissions can be greater than the uh, power of the account that made it in the first place, the soft master. And then you can start to add in a third device or a fourth device. And each one of these uh, ex like um, uh, signers can have rules, arbitrary rules applied to them. And this is what you're talking about, again, at the top of the pyramid. We have a, a hardware multi-signer, which in parentheses 3FA, as in three-factor authentication. Exactly. As in certain rules that need multiple signers in order to sign off on in order to execute something. Yes. And so these are all examples of like, this virtual wallet, the smart contract wallet, that can have arbitrary rules about external signers, and that can be anything. Yes, and, and more than that, I, I want to emphasize two things. One, uh, an account can be born, can be deployed on-chain, already with a hardware, hardware, uh, hardware signer built in. 
So uh, uh, none of the transaction will be signed by the seed phrase uh, key uh, uh, in no time. Uh, uh, so so that's that's uh, that's one thing that I think uh, is is very interesting. And more than that, the second thing that uh, uh, that we can do is uh, not. Uh, uh, having these functionalities on uh, separate accounts, we can have them uh, according to uh, your transaction value or to your daily limit that you want to set. So, for example, let's say uh, that you have a threshold of $100. You say, $100, I don't care which signer signs. Uh, up to uh, $1,000, I want the hardware signer. Above $1,000 a day, I want to have uh, two signers. So, I want to have three-factor authentication. I want to be uh, authenticated by something I know, something I am, and something I have. And th this is why this is like a programmable bank account. Like, what do you want? Because any input can become a rule into this virtual virtual wall, this virtual bank account that we've created. How, how far can this really go? Can this go to the point of like um, something of a rule of like anyone that has a particular NFT in their wallet can execute some particular th rule inside of my smart contract wallet? And so like Maybe I have a smart contract wallet, and if you have a crypto dickba NFT, I'll allow you to do something in my wallet, whatever that may be. Is that e possible? Exactly. So th the cool thing about smart contract-based wallet and account abstraction is that you can have an arbitrary logic on any transaction. So whatever you can imagine, we can code and it can be implemented. And that's really like taking, uh, I think, the, uh, uh, the crypto user experience to to the next level, both in terms of functionality, but I think more important in, in, terms, of, in terms of simplicity. We want to reduce the burden uh, from user's shoulders about taking care of their keys and taking care of not making even a single error uh, and all their, uh, their funds are gone, etc. And uh, uh, smart contract-based wallets like Bravos really enabled us to do that. Yeah, and I really want to impress this upon listeners that like, this is a Bitcoin to Ethereum moment for the wallet world. Where like, imagine if crypto was just Bitcoin, it would be much less expressive and with much less applications that are possible. And that same thing is true with the smart contract wallet world. This is, goes from just having dumb input-output wallets uh, to having very expressive wallets that can literally do anything. And so the use cases that come out of this world are literally infinite. Exactly. Um, That's a great, great analogy. And my belief is all wallets going forward mm -hmm. will be smart contract-based. Right. The incumbents today will transform to be smart contract based and certainly new wallets will be smart contract based because the, the level of uh, uh, functionality and UX that uh, it enables, it's, uh, it's, it's an order of magnitude better. Yeah, and just to really drive this point home, uh, let's imagine that you, the user of a smart contract wallet, you're at home and you need to send a very large transaction, all, like almost all of your money. And perhaps you have three signers. And so you're on your desktop computer because that's where we mostly do our stuff. And you process the transaction. And then a message shows up on your phone saying like, oh, this is a large transfer. You're, you need your phone to also sign off on this. So then you press approve on your phone. And then your mom calls you and says, oh, son, like I just got this message to send all of this money from your wallet to another wallet. Is this you? And you're like, yeah, that's me. And then your mom also says yes, because it was so large that you needed an external like reference point. And like you could go off into the nth details about how far this goes. But the cool thing is, is that these are all devices. And so it's really the device 
that is the unique signer, no longer just like a unique private key. Exactly. And I, I think that's pretty cool. Exactly. And, and, and that's a very good point because when we add a second signer, we don't add a second seed. Right. We want to get rid of the seed. For the long run, we don't want any seed. So when we add a second signer, there's still only one seed for the account. So the users still need to handle only one seed. And in the future, even that uh, uh, would be redundant. Right. And so like when users write down their seed phrase, they might notice that in their ledger or MetaMask, you can keep on making new accounts over and over and over again. And so one seed phrase generates an infinite number of accounts. And these new accounts are like signers, right? That's what they are. Yeah. And, and, and uh, also in Bravo. So in Bravo, you can also uh, create multiple accounts. So you can have like an account for your uh, daily transactions and you can have your holding account and you can have, I don't know, your NFT account and you can set different level of security to each and every account. Uh, you can put uh, on, on one account uh, the hardware signer on the other account, uh, the multi-signer and, uh, and on the third account you can just uh, stay with the seed. So there's a, a conversation pivoting here a little bit about uh, ZK rollups and smart contract wallets. There's a particular synergy behind the world of ZK layer twos and smart contract wallets. Can you unpack that? Why does that synergy exist? What's so special about the relationship between smart contract wallets and ZK rollups? So if we take Starknet as an example, Starknet has two very important features. The first feature is that it has, or at least will have very low gas fees. And this is important because all this logic that we are talking, uh, uh, talking about is very uh, heavy in terms of compute. For example, to implement this elliptic curve of uh, the mobile chipset, uh, our uh, initial uh, naive uh, implementation was uh, 400,000 steps, 400,000 Kyra steps. Kyra is the programming language that we use on Starknet, like Solidity on, uh, on Ethereum. And that's, that's, a, that's a lot. Today, we released uh, an improvement of that that reduces 40% the number of steps, so uh, 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 250, 240,000 steps, but still a lot. So we need very low compute uh, uh, gas price in order for that to make uh, uh, to be economically viable because we want people to use that not only for transferring millions of dollars but also you know when you when you use the subway uh, 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 and to do this together with uh, improvement that Starknet will issue in their next version rolling out in two weeks we will have sense of difference between using the hardware signer and using like a, a regular signer. So that's one thing, the gas fees. And the second thing is that on Starknet, we have account abstraction built into the protocol, meaning every transaction must go to an account before it interacts with other contracts on chain, before it goes to an AMM, to an NFT marketplace, to whatever. And that's extremely powerful because then we can enforce all these signer and all this logic that we talked about. So good, getting into Bravos more specifically, uh, other Bankless listeners might be familiar with Argent. Uh, Bravos also built on the uh, Starknet, Starkware ecosystems. Uh, what are you really leaning into at Bravos? Like, what are your first applications that you're trying to get integrated into your guys' wallet? So, so first of all, all the, the, the security aspects that, we, uh, that we've just discussed in the past uh, 20 minutes, the, the idea is to, uh, to make user onboarding as frictionless as possible and as secure as possible. As I said, to remove the burden from the user's shoulders, to take care of security, etc., to uh, uh, be in a position that they need to order a hardware wallet, pay for that, learn how to use that, store another seed phrase, right? Uh, it's, it's like very difficult even to, for technical people, certainly for, uh, for mass market. Uh, uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the, the entire aspect around 
making uh, your wallet, making your account like a traditional bank, but a decentralized self-custodial bank that is completely controlled by you with a great UX. So mm -hmm. that's one. And the second thing is the, uh, the entire aspect of DeFi. So today in Bravos, we already have exchange uh, integrated into the wallet, so users don't need to go to outside dApps in order to exchange funds. Uh, the next step will be to have, uh, I call it one-click earn yield. So we will be able to earn yield on your assets uh, in the wallet, whether it's on StockNet or under the hood, uh, automatically bridge to the Ethereum Brace layer. Uh, and uh, for example, stake your ETH on, in Rocket Pool or in Lido and, uh, uh, and earn yield. Uh, and go, going even forward, uh, enabling borrowing and lending also from within the wallet. So the goal is that uh, everyday users, uh, users that are not crypto savvy, will get uh, the full experience of crypto uh, right at their fingertips with like two taps. So if anyone in the Bankless Nation listening to this, be it uh, so they're maybe they're a developer or maybe they're just a user trying to get their hands on, on their wallet, uh, who are you guys really looking for to, to engage with? Like, what relationships are you guys looking for at Bravos, and how might people get started learning more? So, first of all, uh, you are welcome to our website and to our Twitter account. We share a lot of information there. Uh, uh, there is a lot of detailed, technical kind of blog posts about the hardware signer and why is it secure and how the keys are uh, actually being generated in uh, in manufacturing process of the silicon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so that's uh, one thing. We have a very vibrant uh, Discord community that uh, people are welcome uh, uh, to join. Uh, I think for us, uh, uh, w there is a lot of things that, in terms of the user journey and the overall UX that we can solve. Uh, one thing that is uh, really bothers me is uh, the on-ramp of uh, of fiat money uh, uh, to 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 crypto. I think. Uh, we as an industry need to find ways to make it much more, uh, uh, much easier, much more simple. It uh, shouldn't take like half an hour with uh, all sorts of uh, IDs and pictures and proof of address, etc., etc. So today on uh, on Bravos, we support uh, uh, several uh, on-ramp mechanism uh, from credit card, from uh, uh, direct bank transfer. From centralized exchange, you can transfer directly to your to your wallet, and of course, bridge from uh, from other chains. Uh, but I think that this point is still uh, with very high friction, and uh, anyone that works on interesting stuff in that area will be will be great to cooperate. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for helping me walk through the uh, the world of account extraction and hardware wallets. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, David.